0: Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guest discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience as a field, and to share our members' stories. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, episode 23. We are rounding out turkey season here on the podcast as promised we're heading to the green mountain state we're going to vermont to catch up with one of the finest volunteers in the land brett Ledoux, roger latham award winner grand national calling contest extraordinaire and just one hell of a human being we're catching up with brett on a wildlife management area over a fine turkey hunt in the green mountain state of vermont we're doing that in 90 seconds let's go
1: picture this the sky full of birds a good dog by your blind and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's super black Eagle three dominate the skies
2: under the visionary leadership of founder, Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops in Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com slash conservation.
3: This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big-game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts. It's a tailgate party.
0: Where the honored guest is not here.
4: Yeah, the 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 <laughs> mysterious or uh, disappearing gobblers, I guess, right? <laughs> this is the, the
0: story of 2022, I guess.
4: Yeah, we've been close. We were close first thing this morning and then struggled after. But we saw some turkeys and interacted with a hen just a few minutes ago. So can't complain too much, I no, guess.
0: There's zero complaints. Zero. I... Uh, Good buddy Ben O'Brien bemoans his Montana curse. He lives in Montana. He's killed turkeys in multiple states, more than you can count on two hands, but not his own state. He swears he's cursed. That's how I feel about Vermont. Uh, Yeah. MPA to an extent. But more so Vermont, because I have had birds in front of me the three times you and I over the years. I think the last time I was out here was. Six or seven springs ago, according yeah. to Vermont Fishing Game when I got my license. <laughs> I was in my old house. I was like, I have not lived there in seven years.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, could have should have had one in the fall. I think. I think I missed back then. Right. But um, yeah, that's on me. But the curse. So Ben asked, Do you believe in curses? So that, yes, absolutely. A hundred freaking percent. Yes. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, today I I'm I might become a believer too, because I thought we were. I thought we were done first thing this morning. They were gobbling hard and came a long ways and then probably within range, but just over the knob from us and would not poke their head up over. That's
0: the thing about, I've talked about Vermont in the past, where you have to be in turkey shape the way people out west are in sheep shape, right? Right. And I don't think people really think about Vermont being... um. Topographical as it is, if that's the right way to put it, like it's freaking steep, man. There's, they're not, they're not gradual climbs. No, they're steep. They are, but in the turkeys from from Montana to Vermont
4: have no problem getting up. No, no. I actually one place I uh, hunted a old gravel pit, and they came right up that steep gravel pit right to me. Um, they saw me before I could get a shot right. off at them, but they they don't care. They they live there every day, I guess. So they f- figure out a way to uh, maneuver. Landscape. If everything's trying to eat you, you get pretty nimble pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. You know, I've hunted quite a few places too, that the adaptability of the turkey in in to the environment that they're living in too. Places where I wouldn't have thought would hold turkeys in other uh, regions of the country seem to have turkeys where, where I wouldn't think there would be any, yeah. but they're pretty cool.
0: We're at, uh, The Windsor Grasslands Wildlife Management. There's a beautiful piece of property we ended the day on. Uh, Talking and welcoming into the show, a good buddy, Brett Ledoux, current vice president. I got to get the whole resume right. It sounds like you you work full time for the NWTF. Yeah. (laughs) Multiple jobs. Uh, Current uh, vice president of the state chapter, Save the Habitats, Save the Hunt coordinator for the state. Check. And local chapter president.
4: Upper Valley, upper upper Valley Longbeards. Yep. It's been that long since I've been an RD. Yeah. I, I mean, I I was just trying to think just before we started here how long I've been the state, uh, not the state chapter president, but the local chapter president. And it's got to be going on 15 to 17 years or so. So no. I've been at it for a while.
0: And you dabble in a little competitive calling.
4: Competitive turkey calling. Dabble. Yeah. Uh, friction side, mostly. <laughs> I, I, I'm proficient in the woods with air, but... Uh, my specialty, I guess, would be friction, mostly pot calls. No, so it's not, my thing. Not
0: too bad. I don't think we use one pot call today.
4: Uh I don't know about that.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, you were always behind me. <laughs> yeah. So,
4: no, we did on those gobblers coming in. I used oh, the pot call quite a good. bit. Yeah, I'm good. But it was it was quality. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah they they seem to like it. And I <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like I'm the most realistic. Sounding when I'm running a pot call, but sound good to me. Yeah. Well, I try. I work at it pretty, pretty hard. When you hunt with someone that's graced the
0: grand national calling championship stage and is placed in the top 10, you can't sit back and let them work.
4: Yeah. I don't, don't guide the guide. I've hunted with a couple guys. Most, most people I, I run calls, but there's been a couple guys that I've just sat back and kind of listened and observed, uh, my friend Chris Walls from West Virginia was one and Matt Van Sice is another. I mean, what, what's the point of me calling if, <laughs> right. if Matt Van Sice is calling for me? So <laughs> uh
0: and then you call for
4: that team, right? Yep. Yep. High class calls, yep.
0: Very good. This land, like I started to say, this wildlife management area, we we were we ended our day on it and uh wouldn't you know it? NWTF Habitat Projects abound.
4: Yep. It's pretty awesome. Yep. We we've done quite a bit of work on this uh property here planted some food plots done some apple tree release work um and another property we were on earlier too we planted some uh apple trees years ago so we're pretty active on the landscape trying to get uh habitat work done and that kind of thing so
0: i wouldn't say i don't have hard data on it so i don't want to kind of speak in uh hyper hyperbole uh, but Uh, Between you guys here in Vermont and Massachusetts, out of all the New England states as a region, you guys got after it.
4: Yeah. We've got, we've had a lot of different projects throughout the state. Camel's hump state forest is one recent one. Uh, Atherton meadows, I think is another project that we've done Uh, recently this year. I think we did some apple tree planting over there and uh, yeah, we stay active. We we have a pretty good uh, group of volunteers and, we partner with Fish and Wildlife and BHA on some of these projects, so yeah. got good manpower too. So had
0: Nicole uh, Meyer on the program some many shows back, and the state agency here is is really progressive in a way that is, you know, it's R three in the forefront, um, and and in creating a conduit to the new would be hunter, or the new emergent adult hunter. Um, to to get out here and experience any and all of this in, a, in the way that they see fit. Uh, it's very welcoming. And I think I think Nicole, for her part, does a, a damn good job.
4: Yeah, she does a great job. Uh, we have great partnership with her. I am also a hunter safety instructor, so she's heads up that department. Um, and I've participated in a bunch of those learn-to-hunt programs yeah. that we've done, either deer, mostly turkey, because that's kind of where my that's passion your, that's lies. That's your bag. Yeah. And uh, actually... Nicole told you the story about her hunt and I was right there looking over her shoulder as it unfolded. So oh, yeah. it was, <laughs> it was an interesting hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad she, I I listened to that podcast and messaged her after that. I'm glad she actually told the, yeah. the full story because, you know, sometimes things don't go the way we want them to go necessarily. Um, you'll have to go back i guess and listen to that. I believe that's episode 4 of the relaunch yep. so somewhere back last fall but um, Yeah, but yeah, she she told the story and I I was proud she did that and yeah. we we got the job done in the end anyway, so Yeah. That's so, uh, good. Yep.
0: Um you mentioned 15 years of doing this. Um you know, from from the volunteer standpoint, like that's 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 legacy type stuff. Why?
4: Why? What is it about <laughs> NWTF? Like, you, you know, I mean. All the different organizations. Well, it, it measures up to where I'm passionate about. I'm a passionate turkey hunter. Mm. Uh, it was a way for me to start giving back to something that I got a lot from. And, you know, I was thinking about this last night, um, that it, the people I've met, the this crazy turkey brought, so many people into my life and, and just by putting yourself out there just a little bit as a volunteer, I'm not like an extroverted person normally. So it got me out of my comfort zone, Mm. but it introduced me to people that like the same kind of stuff I do. Um, and I have, I don't even know how many friends from it, you know, the, the calling aspect of it, the volunteer side of it. And, um, there's times I question why I'm still doing it.
1: And
4: I said, I must get something out of it. And, and you know, it's the, it's the camaraderie and the, the effort that uh, the organization puts into, um, promote hunting and, and, uh, get people out involved in the
0: outdoors. So, so I have two trains of thought going on at the same time. They're competing with each other, which one I want to bring up first. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring up one, put a pin in it and come back to it. Cause I want to expound on it. But so I, I would be remiss and not adding to your resume. Roger Latham award winner.
4: True. Uh 2019? 18. 18. Ah, 2018 was close. my was my year cuz that's the year I finished third in friction. Yes. That night I got my Roger Latham award and yeah, that was a pretty good year, 2018.
0: So the pen is Roger Latham himself. I started reading his book. So I want to come back to that. Um but the camaraderie line of thought was where i want to go and it's a reoccurring theme on this show and especially when i talk to guys that are ex-military that you and i share a common bond and being ex-security forces you know united states air force separated by about a decade you got to do desert storm one i was over there for the back half of it um but you know a couple guys like us that can come from the same career field same branch of service uh can speak to that camaraderie and what that means and um, I think some people, when they hear hear that bantied about uh, in, the, in the hunting community, I think they get it mostly. But when you talk about it from, from the military perspective, what that means, where you take an individual out of their comfort, their home and at 18, 19, sometimes 17, and you're just thrust and you have to adapt. You have no choice and you instantly gain family and, and friends for life. I still talk to guys nearly 25 years later, still talking to folks. Um I imagine you probably do the same. So like when you speak to the camaraderie and what
4: you get out of it being a volunteer is, it's, it's a whole nother level. Yeah, I would agree. Um, And I do have people that I've kept in contact with uh, over the years and reconnected with through social media and stuff like that, um, which I won't go down that road, but it's, if you use it right, it's a pretty good platform to, to meet people and reconnect with people that, uh, have fallen out of your life for whatever reason and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, you know, I've got a lot of good hunting buddies, um, from volunteering, uh, whether it be new timers, you know, I've hunted with people for the fir- that have hunted for the first time. And I'm actually going to bring a lady out this weekend that I mentored last year. And we're going to go out on a hunt and we've developed a friendship and, uh, yeah. And I, I, I spent a lot of time with people that I've met through the organization of a friend of mine, TJ Jordan. He and his son and I travel the country together. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have met him if I wasn't volunteering and or calling. I met him at a calling competition in Massachusetts and we hit it off and our friendships developed over the past uh, six or seven years. So probably longer than that, but... Time time slips away. It's probably yeah, eight or nine it years sure now. Does.
0: <laughs> the time slips away. Two o'clock in the morning was a long time ago, but it felt like the the day. I mean, it's afternoon here, and it's, it's gone by like that. Yeah. Just having fun. Yeah, scaling these these
4: straight up nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know I I lost some weight two years ago, and it was a lot easier to climb the hills <laughs> then than it is this this year. But I'm doing all right. I get around if I need to. So. <laughs>
0: It's uh, it's evident the work that's done out here and the relationship is is, it's like you stand out here and you can see it. it's like the work that past work that was done. The woods are very clean up yep. here. Yeah.
4: Hell, we saw a moose. We just kicked up a moose on the way out here. That was pretty cool. Ooh. We don't we don't see those every day around here. So that was yeah. unique. Nice bull moose
0: starting to butt out. But he had some weird like goiter tumor thing off his front of it, like on his brisket. Yeah. Very
4: strange. Yeah.
0: Other than that, he looked healthy. He had a nice yeah, he, black coat his, on him. Yeah,
4: nice and shiny. And, uh, Didn't he, look like he had ticks? No. No, the winter ticks is a big, big problem for us here in the New England area as far as moose go. Um, so it was nice to see him because we used to have more around. And with the winter ticks, they uh, kind of uh, po- hit the population pretty hard in this region. So it was pretty cool yeah. to see one.
0: And you get those uh, ghost moose, right? The ones that are all, you know, they're like gray in color because they rub... Constantly trying to get them ticks off each other. Yep. You know, rub their guard hairs off, and they they got this weird silver look about them.
4: Yep. Oh, passers-by. Yeah. <laughs> Are they taking pictures? Uh, no. I know. I know who he was. Oh. he he's helped us do some volunteer work up here. Oh, cool. Uh, he actually spearheaded that was Mike Quinn. He uh, spearheaded one of our uh, apple tree release projects oh, that we did cool. up here. So, but. He likes he it, this is his home away from home i think he spends more time up here than probably anybody uh, anybody else so
0: should have asked him where the turkeys were. yeah yeah no not that we didn't have a problem getting into it but no here comes more do-gooders yeah this is the 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 novelty of doing a roadside on the side <sighs> of the road Yep. everyone's okay. like who's that important fella there yeah right yeah yeah they must be talking about you And that man. NWTF uh, ball cap, fresh from the banquet season, yeah. of which you guys had a uh, a really good event. I heard.
4: Yeah, we had probably our best. Well, not probably, our definitely our best banquet we've ever had, and that that goes back to the people that um, that attend the banquet. I you know, I help uh, organize getting it going, but if people didn't show up, it would be a hard uh, a hard thing to to uh, raise money at. And I've got a good group of people that have been been coming for many years and then they bring new, new people in so um the attendees are where where that was where that was at we had good uh good product um but it was really the attendees that that were ready to spend some money we i think we held the state record for about a week yeah and i heard that, that. <laughs> yeah so i was really excited but i i'd heard uh through the grapevine that our state chapter president's banquet morgan Ovea, his his uh he had about almost 200 people there and his blew us out of the water, but I was happy for that too. But so. that's great for the state, right? Yes. I mean, yep.
0: again, I talk about this every, every podcast episode, the power of those dollars, the power of the $35 membership and how on average it's matched five to one. Uh, and then you take these dollars that are raised here locally, money that stays here in Vermont, money that goes back to the bigger mission uh, for those matches Excuse me. Um, And that's powerful stuff. It's not just, you know, going, eating a nice meal and winning some guns and, and taking home some stuff. Like that, that, that energy from that night lives
4: on. Right. It re energizes me too, yeah. uh, you know, because it's a little stressful organizing Hell a yeah. banquet and, and for, you know, for- for the past few years, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I got one more in me or not, but at the end of the night, I'm ready to go uh, for another year. So, so so talk about that, right. Kind of deep dive that. So the would be
0: volunteer, that's like, I got to get involved. This NWTF thing is really cool. You know, I'm thinking about starting a chapter. I've contacted the, the regional guy or gal, but they don't really know what it's like. Someone that's been at it for nearly two decades. Talk about your experience and why, you know, how, you know, those nights re-energize you. And then the next year it's like, I don't know if I got one more in me. And then, and then, yeah, hell yeah, I do.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, and as in with anything, if you're new to it, there's some excitement level. So it took a few years for me to start wondering if I had more in me or not. Um, but if, if you're interested in volunteering, definitely reach out to the region, your regional director. Um, and then if you can get a good group of people together, five to 10 people, it makes running a banquet a lot easier. Everybody has a job. Um, and you know, it's, it's the organization making sure that the venue remembers that they have you coming. Um, and then <laughs> letting them know how many people are going to be there. Uh, cause we've had, we've had to scramble around finding different yeah. locations a few times, but, um, and then just forging a relationship with them, uh, with a place that you're having the banquet at, uh, and now uh, with the preferred, preferred vendor, it's a little bit more, um, work for the chapter as far as organizing what merchandise you want at the banquet before it was a core package. And there still is a smaller core, um, but there's more thought process put into it, uh, as at the local level and more local control, which is good. Um, yeah, it just, you know, it's really wondering, it's kind of like anticipating a hunt, right? Am I going to have a successful hunt? Am I going to have a successful banquet? And it's you know, I I don't want to do anything uh half whatever, you know, yeah. I want to go full full into it yeah, and have sure. a have a good banquet. So at that level that's where the stress rises for me. It's not really anything to do with the the night of the banquet, but then with all the energy that came in the room it's like especially this year, it was just felt like a whirlwind of people coming in and money was flying everywhere. And I'm like, wow, this is great. You know, and this is why we're doing this kind of stuff. It's not, it, you know, to raise money for the organization, local stuff and, uh, yeah, the wild Turkey really and yeah. hunting heritage. So when
0: you're, when you're planning a banquet or, you know, you're managing a group of volunteers, like, you could spend all the money in the world if you wanted to, but I still come back to, and I think most people that do this will say our most valuable commodity is time. So, you know, what what are, are there? You know, what are the challenges? Have you experienced challenges? Because that's a that's a different. Uh, interpersonal dynamic between personalities and stuff. People that, you know, are out there jobbing it for 60 plus hours a week. Love this so much. Find a way to do it. Maybe can't give enough or not enough, but give as much as others. Um, You know, you got some folks that show up the one day a year. You got some folks that are here like every week or want to have a meeting every week. And, you know, from a leadership standpoint, you know, how do you, how do you go about managing those personalities and, and keep everybody kind of on an even keel and, um, you know, some people are just like sometimes like him. You're like way over the top uh, enthusiastic. Why well, do you know, like get a reel him in? And some people, you take what you can get. Sometimes,
4: yeah. I, I mean, I think I'm at the point I take what we can get yeah. right now. Uh-huh. Um, we when we started the chapter, we had a, a good core core group, and through life changes and whatever, people have uh, dropped off, and and we haven't necessarily recruited replacements for them. Uh, we've got a good core that shows up at the banquet. And uh, for me, that's all I really need is somebody to, to show up, help us set up, help us run some games and that kind of stuff. Um, But, you know, it, it, it's good. I have a a young guy that thinks he wants to take the chapter over uh, Derek Wheeler. I mentored him on his first turkey hunt and he's as addicted as I am, maybe more so now. Um, And he, he'd like to take the chapter over. So getting the younger people involved in, in volunteering, uh getting it re-energized a little bit and and growing it from from there. I think that would be uh that would be great. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm just ready for somebody else to yeah to to stress out a little bit. So
0: <laughs> that's a that's a neat thing, right? Because they're not like uh, you know, adult themed events. And we encourage people to bring their kids. It's a family atmosphere. Uh most of them. Some of them might might get a little PG 13, I suppose, but uh in um, most part, you know you can bring your kids, and if your kids are there with you guys year after year, I mean, then you have this this opportunity to, to, to kind of recruit without you know not intentionally knowing it, but if this is what they look forward to once a year, maybe they go to a couple, and now they're into calling competitions. Like that's that's our future, right?
4: Right, and that's kind of what Derek did. He he got into calling competition stuff uh, as a young adult too, and I think he placed third in the his intermediate division a few years ago. Uh, Colby Butler who helps Morgan he's also a caller um, he'd finished in the top five a couple different times in the youth division so yeah and you know the people look look at you see you and then sometimes they want to you know give you a hand and and, uh, and or get involved in the stuff that you're interested in too so you know we don't necessarily set out to do that but if somebody sees the work we're doing and wants to get involved, um, we we want people, definitely. Uh, what, uh, speaking of
0: work, is is happening in the state? You guys got current projects going on or future projects you guys are working towards?
4: Yeah, I think we're going to be doing some uh, summer stuff. Um, I believe we have uh, uh, Learn to Cook Wild Game maybe coming up in a few pint nights very good yet to recruit some people or just tell, tell our story of, about who we are on uh, what we're doing. And, and if people are interested in joining us, that would be great. Um, I don't have dates for those yet. I know we've done some project, uh, habitat projects. Like I said earlier, I think on uh, camel's hump state forest, Atherton meadows. Uh, and I think we had, uh, We've done some stuff, stuff recently over at Hubbard and State Forest too, doing some uh, apple tree release work over there. So you guys
0: are—that's what I gets me fired up about Vermont—is how involved you guys are, you know, on the ground. And I know, uh, to a, a good extent, uh, regional uh, biologist Matt DeBona has a great hand in, in steering a lot of that and making sure that matched funds are are being put to work and getting that super fund activated and, and working with the volunteer leadership to kind of go out and execute what you guys are looking to do.
4: Right. Yeah. Matt, Matt is a, he's the one kind of spearheading it. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he uh, gets some ideas from us and then organizes it and then tells us where we need to be and we show up. So that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Matt's, Matt's awesome at what he does and we're lucky to have him uh, up here in New England. Never mind being part of our, our team nationally, but yeah, he does some good stuff and, and to that extent, I, I was a pleasure. One of the better things, I guess, about the last two years was uh NWTF Vermont's social presence in all the virtual seminars and learn twos. Um I quite enjoyed those and I think a number of other people did too. Like what was your talk about the program and then maybe one one or two of your favorite episodes.
4: Yeah, I mean it was it was uh during covid when we first started that i think 2020 and there was a you know we wanted people people were getting interested in getting out in the woods more that year and we wanted to give them some information on how to get started and what to look for and what to do and what not to do and um so matt matt approached the state board and a few of us jumped on and we did uh stuff as far as what's in my What's in my vest? What, what uh, equipment am I using? Uh, how to scout for turkeys? What sign I'm looking for, like scratching or droppings and that kind of stuff. So uh, we covered turkey hunting from A to Z. And I think what what we tried to do, or at least in my opinion, we tried to do was say, go turkey hunting, do it your way. But here are a few things that you might want to consider uh, as long as it's legal and safe and ethical, just go do it and have some fun doing it. Um, what a reasonable and rational approach. Well, imagine that it could be that, that, <laughs> Keep that going, I just want to get my, yeah, my no, that's, that's my, that's what I think, you know, I mean, I'm for whatever you want to do as long as it's, uh, legal and safe and ethical. So, yeah, but
0: yeah, that's I, right. I mean, that's a. Yeah, what's the what's the mom saying there? Catch more flies with honey than vinegar, right? If right. We're trying to bring more people or give them a, an encouraging hand, especially during that time when like it's
4: all doom and gloom. Like that's the exact approach, right? Yeah, and then uh, we've done it over the past couple of years. I mean, it it's a group of us, maybe six or seven of us, five or six of us that that are involved. Everybody kind of covers something different. Um, you know, uh, map reading. You know online mapping that kind of stuff uh and and yeah just getting people excited to get out there and give it a try I actually met and mentored a person through that program uh, we fall turkey hunting together and uh we were on some birds we scattered the flock or as best I could fat man running <laughs> a bunch of turkeys didn't really scare him too bad but but I got him to take flight and scatter a little bit and then uh called them back in. We thought they were on the ground, but they tree-hopped all the way back in and then Really? Yep. And then they pitched back into the field we scattered them out of, which I should have known to set up there, but I set up because I thought we'd call them coming into the field, but they like I said they tree-hopped all the way back in, but it was great fall vocalization, kiki's yelping. Um yeah, it was a pretty good hunt. So
0: I don't think I've ever seen that tree-hopping. I suppose out here that's easier done than
4: some of the more arid parts of the country. There's like so many trees. Yeah. Yeah. We, we we jumped them. They were on the high end, high side of the field. So when they scattered, they pitched off the field and flew, flew, I don't know, 100, 200 yards into the wood line and must have landed in trees and then just tree hopped back in. And it was, it was cool to watch. Yeah. That's very cool. I love fall. I love fall
0: hunting. Um, because of the reasons you just said, I mean, the vocalizations alone are just, just a great, it's just a great time to be out and listen and learn. You'll hear, you'll listen to and learn more Turkey talk than you will this time of year.
4: Yep. two
0: yeah. Completely different hunts. But I mean, it's just fantastic.
4: Yeah. I, I like the fall almost as much as the spring. There's yeah. something about the gobble. That's a little different than the, the yeah. fall, but, um, but you can get to gobble and fall a little Hell bit yes, too. So, uh, but, yeah, it's either one, fall or spring is pretty exciting. Um, and then, you know, sharing it with new people, I, I really enjoy That's one of the things I enjoy doing most is sharing with new people and people that I've experienced. It makes getting up at 3, three o'clock a little easier if I'm meeting somebody. Yeah. And I get to share the experience with somebody. So it's a win-win. Well, you uh, – what's the uh, shotgun season here in the fall? Uh I don't know the dates, but it's well, in October. I, is it? Do you guys get the whole month or is it a no, week deal? Like no, New uh, depending on the part of the state, there's different lengths in the season. I think on the western part of the state, uh, the season runs a week or so longer than it does in this section, um, and it's usually at the end of October, and it might run into early November some 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 years. But so how do, do you? Uh
0: do you tote out a couple of different rigs? You have a turkey rig and then have your deer rig or your bear rig because that time of year, I mean, the critters are moving.
4: Yeah, you know, if I'm going to turkey hunt, I'll just turkey hunt. Yeah, and then um, you know, uh, a lot of times we do have a fall archery season that coincides with our deer archery. Yeah. Um, I there's something about archery hunting turkeys and me that don't get along. So I've I've kind of <laughs> I've kind of decided that. Only if everything was perfect, I will try to yeah. shoot another turkey with my archery equipment. But I have uh, admiration and respect for everybody that's completely that's uh, able to do it on a consistent basis. Yeah. So
0: I'm with you on that. I, same thing. I, I learned long ago that uh, not for me. Yeah, and uh, that's cool. But yeah. I, I'm like you. I tip of the hat to everyone that gets out out there and does it the right way. Um, but I, I shotgun all day.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.
1: Picture this, the sky full of birds, a good dog by your blind, and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle 3 dominate the skies.
3: This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big-game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts.
4: all day yeah i I'll, <laughs> I'll carry my shotgun i used to when i was first started turkey hunting in the springtime i'd have my bow and my shotgun sitting side by side and really? every once in a while the bow would come out with me but um I, right now i'm just a shotgun turkey hunter yeah I'm, I'm happy to admit it so yeah
0: no it's great there's no no need to uh, apologize or qualify the statement it's uh it's a cool way to kill turkeys. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have tried most sub-gauges now. I still yep. need a, to shoot a bird with a 16-gauge. Other than that, everything 12 and 12 a 20, 410, 28-gauge. So I just need a 16-gauge now. I started carrying a 410 this year for the first time, and that
0: is just awesome. Yep. It is so light. Forget it's there half the time. Uh, haven't pulled the trigger yet. Uh, but I suspect this weekend we probably have a chance. I'll get my, my daughter behind it anyway. Yeah. But, um, it's a, it's a great option, especially like, you know, for the young lady, you know, to go out there and and get after that. Something like that. Something that's not very intimidating because aesthetics, I think play into a lot of it, especially with the kids, something looks big and scary and heavy and it's cumbersome and you can't quite, you know, muckle onto it, um, can make the experience, not so
4: pleasurable, but a nice little four ten. Yeah, you can get after that. Yeah. 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 My daughter who uh she started turkey hunting when she was nine. Uh we used a twenty gauge back then. It was probably too much gone for her, and yeah, I yeah. think it intimidated her a little bit. Mm-hmm. She did shoot some turkeys with it. And then uh I don't know, I about thirteen dad didn't become as cool as he used to be. So <laughs> uh she didn't really want to turkey hunt any anymore. So we took a couple years off with that. But um in 2020 when she was 18 she decided she wanted to uh get back into it and she's you know shooting the 410 and uh even the person i mentored last year the adult uh hunter that i mentored last year she used the 410 as well so it's it doesn't hurt too much and it's pretty effective
0: that's yeah, a great option it's just the technology come along to make that a a a good ethical option so it's it's nice to see so many agencies um have come around to it i don't know what the exact number is across the country you might even know but i uh i know new hampshire in particular was a little slow to come around to it there were a lot of uh old school uh thoughts on the matter and uh well they figured it out
4: yeah 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 we did the same with the shot size too uh with the advancements in shot you know um i think our old regulation was a two to two to eight and now it's two and smaller. So, mm. so if there's more advancements, we can, we're ready for them. I you don't know. know They're possibly, I don't be. know either, but if don't there is, <laughs> if there is, we're ready. So yeah. we're good to go. No,
0: that's good. That's real good. It's early in the spring season. So, um, your travels, I know you've already been out West. You got anywhere else you're going or are you staying home now?
4: Yeah. I mean, I've got some ideas of maybe places to go if I can, you talked about time and time and money really are are, are what's holding me back right now. Um, and Pennsylvania is on the list. I got a license. I got a tag for Pennsylvania, New York. Uh, I might hunt Maine. Uh, I have a license for Massachusetts, so I might get back down there. It just depends on what, what kind of time I have, but I was in Iowa and Nebraska. That's our, that was my week long vacation trip. So we did all right there, three birds and, uh, between two of us. So I got, I got one in Iowa, which was a state that I never hunted before. So I was happy with that. And, uh, called the bird in for, uh, my, fr- my friend, Chase, he's a nine-year-old turkey killing machine. Um, and I got to call a bird in for him in Nebraska. So it was all good. So. That
0: boy shows up on your newsfeed quite a bit. <laughs> and, uh, uh, he
4: might he might be the youngest 49 state super slammer that there's i was i was wondering <laughs> about that i'm not sure how many he's at i think it's 12 now but he's definitely he's definitely lucky he's got the dad he's got so and i'm happy to be uh tagging along with him so he, uh i think i've recorded on video maybe six or seven of his states that he's shot birds in. he he uh rode in a car with us last year we drove out to kansas and hunting kansas south dakota and nebraska and we we didn't take any breaks really we drove straight through and he was a trooper stuck with us the whole time was ready to go whenever we were ready to go hunt and yeah he's a pleasure to travel with and as as is my buddy tj so not a lot of nine-year-olds that can handle that. No, he he uh, had a hot spot, so he was able to play some. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> Some some of his uh, Fortnite stuff with his buddies at home. So it it was like sitting in his bedroom, I the, guess. So. The key to success,
0: <laughs> the old Fortnite. Yeah. I feel lazy as a parent sometimes <laughs> when I give it to him, but I mean sometimes you you got to do what you got to do to survive.
4: I'm pretty sure he has a limit at home, but when we we're on the road, there was no limit, and it kept him entertained. And and uh, like I said, he was ready to turkey hunt when he was turkey hunting These time, are Great, so.
0: great tips tools of the trade you know and you're a traveling turkey hunter especially if you're getting the kids involved i mean you forget what it's like to be a kid and you know it's it's nice to maybe even refreshing to hear some of this stuff people that you get so far removed from it or you don't even know what's happening half the time with technology anymore because it advances so fast you don't know what the kids are into and you don't even add it into the equation of travel but Having some of those creature comforts for the kids makes the travel for everybody. Oh, definitely.
4: <laughs> definitely. Yep. Hey, are we almost there yet? And he didn't ask me that one, yeah. one time. So, uh, yeah. so it worked, it worked pretty good for that. Um, and we've, I, I think it's the past three or four years, we've really gone quite a bit. We've done quite a bit of driving. We went to Illinois in 2020. And then, like I said, last year out to Nebraska and this year to Nebraska and Iowa. So he, uh, he rides in the car pretty good, so what's uh, what's been the most challenging adventure yet for you so far? Um, I think my home state is the most challenging. Oh no shit! <laughs> I, I, you, I'll second that. You you might be cursed. I'm not saying I'm <laughs> cursed, but but there's I I think it was 2015. I wanted to try to shoot a bird in all six New England states. Yeah, and uh, I went to Massachusetts, hunted Cape Cod area with my friend. Uh, I got a bird down there, uh, within, I think it was the first day and, uh, Rhode Island, I shot one, which Rhode Island, everybody was telling me was going to be the hardest one. And then, uh, it took me maybe a week to finally get on a bird here in Vermont to finish it off. So I think Vermont sometimes it's, it's great hunting. Uh, but every once in a while the birds, uh, give you a fit. So, and this, am. yeah. this state sometimes can be the hardest.
0: I think it is. I'm not hunting Connecticut, but, uh, I suspect if I get down there, it's going to come a little easier than, than Vermont.
4: Yeah. I, I went down the, the first time I went down to Connecticut. I drove down, didn't really know what I was doing, where I was going. I picked a piece of state land, uh, and I called seven birds in, so yeah. I mean, it might have been just perfect timing or whatnot, but Connecticut's got it seem pretty easy. good flock of birds. yeah, yeah.
0: you hear people that are little travel travel from other parts of the country, and they're always surprised by I oh, don't they just look over Connecticut and Rhode Island just because they're just so small you don't even consider them, but
4: it's a a really liberal bag limit down there as in, well. in in Connecticut, yeah, now it's five birds state or private land. And it's all day hunting now, too. I think they yeah. went to all day uh, last year, maybe. So... And I would argue or throw it out there that just because you can doesn't mean you should. I would agree with you. <laughs> I I, I said five birds because that's what they say, yeah. but I don't know. Five birds is a that's lot. A lot. A lot. Um, huh. We've got a couple states in New England that like to, you know, have a, a liberal bag limit. Yeah. So... Just like you said, just because you can, maybe you should uh, reconsider some of that. Yeah, That's just personal.
0: Yeah, me too. Right. 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 But it's it's worth having a, at least if it provokes thoughts and someone went, well, new hunter, well, why, why wouldn't you want to fill all five of those tags? Like, oh, we can have a further conversation.
4: Right. When, when the rest of the country is battling um, a decline in the Turkey population, we're doing pretty good up here. Uh, There's no sense in, in. Brett Ledoux's opinion of over harvesting what we have. Um, and I guess that's why I would con- I would not consider shooting five. Yeah. Although I, I don't know. I, I say that. It's hard,
0: right? So it, these self-imposed rules that that we hunters do, turkey hunters do. Yeah. But then you say that, right? So I mean, uh, you the statement of over harvesting is is kind of loaded in so far as we trust our, our state agencies to set those bag limits or their commissions or however they go about their rulemaking. So I, there has to be a, a good amount of science to go into that data harvesting collection um, for those professionals to, to lay out such bag limits. Right. So I, I guess on the landscape that in Connecticut, I would assume that uh, they're in good shape if they can have such a liberal bag right. season. I just think like you, that, we as as turkey hunters and that are passionate about it, I can can you know? I don't bemoan anyone that wants to fill off five t- I'd have a hard time if I had five birds in a spring that I was able to harvest. That'd be hard not to. It's it's fun
4: as hell to shoot right. turkeys, right. man. Right. I you know, and I I usually help one or two people here in Vermont, and those birds may not have gotten shot otherwise. So yeah, I guess I I may retract some of the stuff I just said, but um, a- again, that would just be my personal preference. I would I would probably limit myself it's Um, good
0: to hear that you know and i think most of us that are out here doing doing it right and have the right ethos is that you know we don't need someone to tell us to do it we just automatically do it right right just because it's just what makes sense no, yep. oh, there, there may be more than enough turkeys. That's okay. Because one year there may not. One year there may just be a total washout and no no hatch happens. And the 1.2 is that the percentage I think we're at now? 1.2 uh, poles recruiters is considered success at this point. I mean, no, let's face it.
4: That's not a lot. No, that's not a lot. So, and for us up here in the Northeast, a uh, hard winter would, would hurt us too. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've been fortunate the past several have not been. Typical New England winters, but I know, I think it was 14, we had a pretty severe winter that held on for uh, quite a long time. And and we saw the results of that for the next year or so. Yeah. And the good thing was they do bounce back usually pretty quick um, with poult survival, if it's a good spring. So we rebounded quickly back to normal, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, this
0: morning is pretty positive of that, I mean, there was no shortage of birds. It's just, they didn't, you know... They didn't read the script like we wrote it, but I mean, there were the sign in some of these beautiful bottoms was just, it was a lot and it yeah. was fresh. And it was like, Oh, we're right on their tail. Somehow. Like I, we were tracking turkeys via scratching like you would track
4: deer in the snow. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There was plenty of sign. And I know there's turkeys in those places. I mean, I've been turkey hunting this area since the late nineties. And usually where there's turkeys one year, there's going to be turkeys the next year. And, uh, Historically, those places we were today hold turkeys, and the sign is there to show you they hold turkeys, and we've seen some turkeys. Had a bunch of gobbles first thing this morning, so... You know, just because we're not carrying one doesn't mean it wasn't a good day. I
0: guess. Oh no, for sure. I mean, I I, I told you I'm gonna go back and check my uh, my health app and s- watch my my heart rate spike about five forty five this morning <laughs> and then just watch it continuously beat off the chart for about twenty minutes because that's that's what that set
4: kind of worked out to be. And then we had a daggum coyote C- came right through C- while they were right 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 in front of in front of us. <laughs> uh, we couldn't see him, but they were right there and. I don't know why that didn't spook them too bad, but they kind of still held up. You and I both said it, like freaking coyote, and yeah. then pop, 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 and then we both started
0: calling to them, and they they didn't bugger, man. I was surprised. Yeah, I thought oh, I, that's it.
4: I was surprised that at that too. I've had coyotes mess up my uh, turkey hunt before, so
0: well, they were just they were ringing the damn dinner bell for twenty minutes. I mean, kind
4: of can't blame them. No, they were gobbling good, and and they came a long ways. They just didn't come. Quite far enough, I guess. All oh, that goblin—I'm surprised it didn't
0: attract hunter attention. I mean, that that coyote obviously was hunter, but I mean, like human being hunters.
4: Yeah, that—that's a lot of noise. That particular area doesn't get too much pressure. Yeah, um, not easy to get to. No, and and uh, you know, most of the areas I do hunt get a lot of pressure. That is one of the ones uh, that that doesn't get too much, and I try to not overpressure it myself. Mm. Maybe go in once. Once a week or once every every other day or something, um, just so that we're not—I'm uh, not spooking turkeys every time I go in there. Yeah, I'm trying to keep them fresh as fresh as I can. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah. There's no secret spots for sure up here in New England, mm-hmm, but none. Um, that is not a spot that gets a ton of pressure. So we
0: uh, every probably every other podcast this comes up about our our neat colonial land sharing tradition that we still enjoy up here in the most part of the top three states in New England a um, lot of posted signs it's, in this state all of a sudden yeah, a I, lot I've been uh, I'm bringing this up because it's you know Rhode, uh, Rhode Island Connecticut have their weird laws east of Worcester has crazy laws in Massachusetts New Hampshire do whatever you want Maine do whatever you
4: want but over here are so many yellow signs there's a lot and, and, you know, like I said, I've been hunting since the late nineties. And, uh, I was thinking about that as we were riding around trying to get, get on another bird. A lot of the places that I had hunted, I'm no, no longer able to because of posted signs or, uh, no, uh, or development sometimes, um, houses where I used to turkey hunt. And, but you know, the, it, I still enjoy The way we do it here if it's not posted you can legally hunt i do too and i thank god for it yeah because i i don't know what i'd do honestly uh if i had a 40 acre lot piece of property and that's all i could hunt i don't know if i would i would probably still do it but it would make it a lot more challenging so i'm happy with the way we do it here and i hope we continue it for for uh for eternity yeah for sure and
0: it just goes back to that Hunter landowner relations that, and you can't harp on that enough. And I didn't really see any stitches of trash. I'll be honest, I I, went down where I'm at, it's nothing to go through and come out with two, you know, pant pockets full of trash and friggin' mylar balloons and crap like that. Your woods are clean. So, I mean, that's got that going for you, right? And I don't know if that's the Vermont hippie thing or uh, it's just, people are good stewards of land, but I mean, if we're going to get access to some of these posted properties, I mean, that's, that's one of the bigger keys. And I also wonder if people immigrating out of the city centers, these big metropolitan areas, I know Vermont experienced a lot of people moving in uh yeah. pandemic post pandemic. If that's, if we, I think we're post pandemic. Now I heard on the radio this morning that we're, it's being, official. I think so. <laughs> Someone said it, so I'll, I'm going with it. Um, think that could be some part of the equation with
4: folks coming in and yeah, it's just not their norm. I would think, you know, and that's, you know, that's the thing we're, we're, we're trying to share our experiences with people so that, okay, it's not such a bad thing that we're doing out hunting, you know? Um And I think you're right that some of that new posted property and new uh, housings, housing areas and stuff like that is probably Part partly to do with the pandemic, but, um, you know, if I was raised in a city, I might have a completely different perspective sure. on 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 what uh what I think about hunting and and guns and whatever else. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be raised in a hunting family, um, and I I understand it, and but I was, I can see other people's point of view and why they would uh, uh, either be against it or not quite quite understand understand what the what it's all about so you almost wonder right like when
0: people move into a town like that if if either the town or the county or the state in total like their communications department would have like a mailer ready for them. Hey, welcome to the state. Don't screw it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> here's here's our traditions. Here's what people do up here. We farm. We set fires outside. We hang out outside a lot. We hunt. We eat the stuff we hunt. Um, join us, uh, but please respect the traditions we have, and and you know assimilate. Don't don't come up here and erect ten foot fences and stuff like that. Right. Right. Yeah, that I think it's agree. a good idea. I'm uh, making that a recommendation right now. Yep. Every chamber of commerce, anyone that's got a a new uh title office
4: uh, that's got a title office and they get those new people, just send it right out in the mail. Yeah, I would just suggest moving up here and being open-minded about yeah. the things we do up here too. I think uh you mentioned Nicole, um she wasn't from a hunting family originally either and and uh her perspective changed once yeah. she got up here too. So just give us a chance and
0: Vermont's you know, a weird state though it's like an outlier state because there's so many opposing philosophies in this state politically and otherwise but it works yeah seems to folks have figured it out to go along get along kind of thing yep yep um, um live and let live kind of yeah which is which is great it's very libertarian even even though some of the folks in the capital are not <laughs> but uh i digress uh anyway a point you you had made or we were in the truck together that I didn't consider it was Vermont's done such a good do- job of promoting the outdoors. And then the people that are residents here, um, do enjoy that outdoor lifestyle like out West. Um, but it adds to that. It's not necessarily hunting pressure, but it's human pressure during these seasons. We saw a whole bunch of people out just going for a walk in the woods. Uh, I don't know if they're ignorant to the hunting season and then and, and they don't, have to stay out. Um, You know, I'm glad they're out there walking around and and not sitting in cubicles and stuff, but it was something I'd never considered because just, we don't see it a lot down where I'm at. And it was just an interesting perspective. Like, Oh, there is a considerable amount of pressure up here. It's not necessarily people chasing turkeys, but those, uh, those human beings in those fields and in the woods are creating a pressure.
4: Right. Yeah. I mean, this this particular property that we're on right now um, just recently became a wildlife management area, and it seems to have opened the door to people that had not been utilizing it. It was always public land, but it had not been utilizing it um, for hiking and biking and whatever else, uh, horseback riding. They've always horseback. They've always done that, but it definitely has increased the amount of people pressure up here. Um, the wild game, there's it's still plentiful up here, so we just gotta be willing to share, yeah. share the property with everybody, and um, and avoid as much conflict as you can. So yeah,
0: no, but it's just it's a I think it's an interesting point to be made. I know so much of that gets a, a spotlight in the fall seasons, but generally. Generally, uh, you don't you don't see that come spring. It's turkey hunters out there doing turkey hunters do, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's a northern thing. Maybe he's tired of being cooped up, and a nice spring day <laughs> finally arrives. Yeah, I would agree with you. Just get the hell out and feel the grass and let the mayflies bite you. By which the way uh, they are, they're numerous. Yeah, they're. They, they think they came out yesterday with the warm weather. I was like, oh,
4: this is it. We're here. Yeah, yeah. You can. Uh, you could tell this. This spring is a little later. I. We didn't have a lot of snow on the ground even mm. through March and April but uh, the cold weather seemed to to hold on and gosh it did. The the leaves are just starting to pop out now. Um sometimes it's well well advanced from what it is right now. I think uh, last year season by this, this time we were full leaf out. Yeah. Which yeah. made it impossible to turkey hunt. <laughs> it was it was tough. Yeah, I I kind of like full leaf out cuz then I can uh reposition myself a little easier right now in these open hardwoods you can see two, three, four hundred yards and if a turkey's hauled up somewhere and you want to try to get around on them it's hard to do right now i'm a field junkie i uh i like to see for long distances so the woods frustrate me tremendously (laughs) yeah i was i was sharing i just i missed a turkey the other day that i'd watched come through the hardwoods from a long ways away and i i was telling a friend of mine that I'd prefer them to just pop up in range so I don't have to watch them because i <laughs> I, I start getting a little little too anxious even even at uh, at 20 something years into this when they're coming down through i i I like watching them, but I'd rather have them pop up within shotgun range as soon as, as soon as I can see them so
0: those birds this morning I'll tell you when we walked away from that set or they walked away from our set. I was somewhat relieved that I didn't get eyes on them, even though they were 15 yards in front of us. But because of the train we we talked about, we just could not see them. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm relieved to not know what they looked like, how big they were, because they sounded like monsters. They sounded like they were roaring monsters under the bed coming to steal your soul, and uh, I believed them. And but then they didn't show up. And and I'm also throwing BS flag on uh, the the, the the mindset of uh, uh, animals don't uh, understand or know political boundaries. Cause that is straight up bull crap. These birds walk that fine line right on that posted piece. I think if we stood up and made a move on them, we would have definitely saw them, but I think we would have been killing them on posted property and you know, that's not happening. So I think that would have frustrated the situation even more. Like these sons of guns are just,
4: Held up hard right behind these yellow signs. It's like they knew right where the property boundary was. They sure seemed it this morning. Even where the way they came in, it sounded like they were gonna come to our left, and then all of a sudden they took a hard right, right at the property mm-hmm. line and followed that right up to us. So And they left the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were I think they were on our side for a little bit, but they quickly crossed back over and then they like you said, they when they went away and they went away fast faster fast. than they came in. I that's, think that's for damn sure. They were gone. But we we didn't spook them. They just decided that they had greener pastures to go to or something. And one second they gobbled right in front of you. Uh, I had slipped back back a little bit, hoping that I could coax them into you. And then uh, next time they gobbled, they were several hundred yards away. I'm like, holy! Can't yeah. believe they moved that fast and that far. Maybe that coyote came back and just ran him off. That's, that's what I'm going to tell myself. That that must've been what it was Old Wiley came back and was like, he couldn't resist it. He's like, I'm getting my Turkey dinner. Yeah. But they, they definitely gave us everything we wanted except for a peek up over the knob. It was a good show. I'll,
0: uh, I'll be back this month. That's the nice part about this trip is I can come back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little, little, little bit of a drive. No big deal. But, uh, some of them
4: other states, man, it's high pressure stakes. Well, that's why I like that's what I like about hunting multiple states in New England. I mean, from where I'm at, I'm central uh east east central Vermont, around the White River Junction area. And I can be in New York in a couple hours, yeah. I can be in New Hampshire in twenty minutes, I can be in Maine in two or three hours, Massachusetts an hour, Connecticut a couple. So I mean I could technically hunt wake up one morning and just drive to go hunt any of those six to seven states yeah. so I think, I think a lot of people are
0: hip to that now in the last couple of years realizing like how cool that is like down by me you know it's not impossible to go hunt new hampshire mass maine with maine being all day that really opens it up yeah you know and then vice versa over here you could do maine vermont mass you know, and if you're if you're a baller, sneak down to Connecticut.
4: <laughs> right, right. Well, one of, one of the things I, I had a friend talk to me about, because Maine offers all day hunting, and I guess Connecticut now, would be to try to shoot a bird in three states and in uh, one day. No, I know it's being done. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, did I,
0: I'm trying to think if I, I know, I, I want to say I came close to, Two years ago to doing just that, but it didn't come to. I know other folks have, yeah, for sure.
4: Just studs, yeah, yeah. I've I've done three birds and well, maybe four birds in two states. In the uh, but that's easy because, like I said, twenty minutes for me to be in New Hampshire and my buddy and I we shot birds in New Hampshire, came over and I got another bird or two over here in Vermont. So it's fun. Yeah, it definitely is fun. So those are magical days, though. Those don't happen No, yeah, very often. So This morning yeah. was almost magical. It, it, I was like, I can't believe this is happening so quickly. Yeah. Psych. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way my season's been going here in Vermont and New Hampshire. <laughs> I've been on birds, probably had birds within shotgun range every day, and a couple misses and inexperienced uh, hunter with me, and then today's hunt where we just couldn't see the birds. They were the, just over the over the knob. So that's that.
0: Um that was a fast hour, man. That's an hour already? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a fast hour. Um parting words. Um we covered you know the volunteer perspective, why it's important, but you know, give give your perspective on why signing up for a, a membership with the NWTF matters.
4: Yeah, I mean, my personal belief is if you're a turkey hunter, you should at least be a member of the NWTF. That's a uh, thirty five dollars. That's a couple cups of coffee, uh, Dunkin' Donuts up here in New England area. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a win win. You know the the number of memberships helps the our power as an organization. So that's uh, one one of the things. But it's just a way to give back to something that you enjoy doing. If you're a turkey hunter, um, again, my opinion should be a member and you don't have to necessarily volunteer, but if that's something you're interested in, definitely consider that too. Uh, I know time is precious and some, some people don't have the time or, or can't make the time and that's fine. Um, uh, but being a member, uh, helps the cause. Um, like you said, I think you said five times,
0: on on average, five on average, to one match.
4: Yeah. So that's pretty it's pretty that's good. It's pretty good. Yeah. And it gives us uh the the more members we have gives us a more powerful voice. So that's what I would uh suggest. Go ahead and join.
0: Yeah, no, and it's I I appreciate you saying that because it's it's, um, it's one thing for me to sit here and say it every week. Um but it it's I think someone like yourself carries a little bit of different weight. And it's same words, same same understanding, but um, I I like hearing you say it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's the organization as a whole, I've, I've enjoyed all my volunteer hours with it, even when I get a little stressed. Um, (laughs) but it, you know, it's, it's given me, uh, more back than probably what I have given it. So, and, and that's, you know, a lot of people I've, I've heard ask, what, what is in it for me? Well, I mean, there's a lot in it and sometimes you can't express it in words. What's in it for you. Yeah. So, uh, join, get involved and, and see, see for yourself. I would
0: say, yeah, that doing just that and don't go into it with, I'm, I'm looking for something. Like just let it happen naturally because it does. Right. And then you're like, ah, that's, that's it. Like you're not gonna get an advancement on a pro staff or get a TV show out of it. So if that's your motivation, um probably not going to work out for you. Right. But if you, you got a good heart and like you just said, you want to give back to something that uh, is more like giving you more than you've gotten from it. Uh, they I think, they think you just start, you just start seeing things happen. Right. That's pretty cool. Thanks for taking me out today
4: in your woods. No, no problem. I was really hoping we'd, we'd have 20. We're going to get another chance to 20, 20 pounds more coming out. We're going to do it again, but it was fun. Uh, I mean, any day in the turkey woods is pretty good yeah i agree it's
0: fantastic and then to have a a tailgate podcast session to top it off aces baby that is all from uh the windsor grasslands wildlife management area tailgate podcast sesh thanks brother no problem thank you Thanks so much to Brett for uh, having us out, for sharing the dirt. It was um, it was quite the day, and uh, to end it with a little tailgate podcast session, well, that was just the cherry on top. And uh, I appreciate his contributions to the program, and, and certainly. Uh all he has done over the many years as a volunteer for the organization, uh, both in Vermont, New England, and and nationally, and and what he what he is what he represents as a volunteer, he's uh, they don't make a lot like Brett, and uh, we're we're so fortunate to have him. So thank you, my brother. Appreciate the the time, the hospitality, and uh, it's always good to uh, share share the turkey woods with you. Next week, guys, our turkey season, as far as the podcast goes, will end here in New Hampshire, where we welcome uh, Jake Arvold from First Form Outdoors. Uh, Jake joins me on a turkey hunt. We're going to talk about uh, fitness, health, how it all comes together here in the turkey woods, and why it's important for all of us to uh, to work a little harder on ourselves and take care of ourselves. Um, for the long run, so I hope you enjoy that. Hope you tune in for that episode twenty-four coming up, and then after that, guys, uh, the twelfth National Wild Turkey Symposium. Uh, we spent a week down there in Asheville, North Carolina, with the smartest people in the turkey turkey conservation space, turkey science, turkey biology. You will hear from the likes of Brett Collier, Mike Chamberlain, and so many more. Uh, I know those two are who who folks look to right now. But there's there's so much work, so much research that's coming out of that symposium by uh, so many excellent people throughout this great land. And uh, we look forward to sharing that information, sharing those conversations of their research and their own words, so you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth. You um, know, and certainly uh, once their 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 uh, articles. That their research papers are made available I'm sure you'll be able to go and find those and when they're available uh, we'll we'll make them available to you if, if we can make that happen uh, socially and otherwise with some collab posts with the uh, the research uh, authors and originators so uh, look forward to that uh, probably going to be a multiple-part series on that folks because it was just so much information and the quality of conversation uh, is fantastic so I, I would definitely look forward to bringing that to you and uh, in the coming weeks so uh stay tuned to that and um, we're heading into the summer Summer season, what does that mean? It means it's time to get ready for fall. <laughs> I hope wherever you're at, you're enjoying these, these summer months. I know it's it's pretty hot in the south, so stay cool where you're at. Be safe out there you your outdoor recreating on the water, on the land, and otherwise. And uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you're doing to prepare for the upcoming fall seasons and what that looks like in your world. And uh, maybe we can uh, highlight some, some cool stuff. Uh, that takes place in the fall. There's plenty of it. Um, Certainly, we can start planning for that now. That's it for this week, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. As always, subscribe where you can uh, and definitely rate. Um, If you like what we're doing here and you can support us, fly our flag by going on to Apple, going to iHeart, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening. If you are able to subscribe... Uh, do so and then if you're able to give it a five star rating please do so Um, you don't have to write a huge diatribe just say hey thumbs up we love turkeys we love the nwtf Uh, we dig what y'all are doing and like your storytelling boom that's it five stars and help us get seen to more eyes and ears uh, so that we can continue to spread our our message, our mission, and continue to do uh, the great work that the volunteers and members do all across this country so we can continue to fund turkey research during these tumultuous times uh, in our turkey conservation history. Uh, All is not lost, and I can tell you that from coming out of the symposium, guys, so it's not turkey armageddon, but we got some challenging times ahead, uh, and we can mitigate those challenging times with our capacity to fundraise, to tell our story, and spread our mission far and wide and recruit uh, more of those 3.1, 3.2 million turkey hunters across our land and, and enjoy a better than 10% membership of those turkey hunters. Because as you all know, and I've said it here before, all 3 million people that hunt turkeys, licensed turkey hunters, everyone should have an NWTF membership. And uh, I'll stand by that until the organization uh, changes its name or does something different. But until that day, and I don't see it coming anytime soon, that's my story. And I'm sticking to It guys, thanks again. Appreciate you. Subscribe, rate, be kind to each other, love each other. Next time,
3: we'll talk. Bye bye. This is Jason Hart, co founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call All Access podcast hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big-game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts.
1: Picture this, the sky full of birds, a good dog by your blind and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle 3. Dominate the skies.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops in Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com slash conservation.